Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Hello, and welcome back to the Alien Beer Podcast. This week we'll be doing something a little different. I was invited to do a mutual interview with my fellow fiction podcaster, Mariah Powell, who is the host of Hobbies Include Writing. It had turned out our projects have a lot in common, so we decided to sit down and have a chat about what we've been up to and why. Rest assured, dear listeners, the Multiverse Blues will return next week with a new episode. But for now, I hope you enjoy this peek behind the scenes of the Alien Beer podcast and hopefully check out Hobbies Include writing. Have you ever wondered what Hope, the alien singer in the Multiverse Blues, looks like? I have commissioned some artwork depicting her and will be sharing it with you very soon. I'm here with Chrissy Garrison. Chrissy is an author of science fiction and fantasy novels and is also the host of the Alien Beer podcast. On her podcast, she reads her short fiction and chapters of her science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. And I'm here with Mariah Powell, the writer and creator of Hobbies Include Writing the creative fiction podcast, which features work-in-progress stories released chapter by chapter. Mariah and I met as we were both invited to the Project Entertainment Network and found that we were working on the same sort of fiction podcast. Yeah, Chrissy, and I'm so glad to be talking with you. We've been talking a little bit um, via Facebook, but we've both been sort of listening through each other's stories, and uh, I think I'm caught up. I may not have gotten the most recent episode um, that you released, but I've really been enjoying your stories so far. Well, thank you. I, I you know, and as you know, I'm I'm a little bit squeamish, so I I wasn't sure whether I was going to get into your what, how do you put it? Your your blood that binds the yeah. The but no, no. I mean, gonna... I I know it's blood that binds. But how how do you put, how, you described it as being sort of a, the vampire genre turned on its head? Yeah, um, I kind of try to invert things a little bit uh, with blood that binds, which actually. Think, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that um, I think that it's that that makes me um, kind of push past uh, the little. English parts are not really that much as much as I feared. Um, I mean, I watch Supernatural and there's gross stuff in that. So, uh, um, but, but I, I really like the way the, the take you've had on that, uh, and being able to in, insert kind of observations on the, on the genre by, by, uh, by, like you say, inverting them. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, I actually don't watch Supernatural because it's too grody for me, which is kind of... <laughs> it's at or past my limits generally, and I look away or pull my glasses down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's funny because that kind of stuff doesn't usually bother me. I was a theater kid, so I kind of get into like, ooh, special effects and kind of takes me out of whatever I'm watching. But uh, I don't know, Supernatural for some reason gave me the like it was it was a little too ooky spooky for me <laughs> um but yeah i've been listening to especially well you have your short stories in there as well but um especially 
multiverse blues. And one thing I've really enjoyed, especially in the the last episode that I listened to, is the different worlds that your characters travel to and the different takes on things um, that, that I don't want to spoil too much of your story, but there's one world where like, instead of having their cell phones on them all the time, these people have like VR technology that is just part of their everyday life constantly. And I was like, Oh, that's wild. I never would have thought of that. You know? Yeah. I, I, I've been having fun with the, the different worlds uh i don't yeah again i don't want to spend too much either but i'm i have my my sort of concept of the the multiverse the the um many worlds theory is that that the different worlds happen when different things happen in history so mm-hmm. if you have a different turning point um the steampunk world that i have in in some of my other books is is present in the multiverse blues it um it had a, a change somewhere around the time of Newton where mm. science was, uh, was not established. You know, the, the, the sharing that you see in a scientific community, the publishing of results and testing each other's results never happened. So it was still more alchemy from then on. So mm. even though it's present day, uh, they're sort of still stuck in a neo-Victorian era because their, their technology is kind of scattered and in, and in silos. So I like playing with those ideas. Like what if, in this world, you know, this thing took off where that other thing didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what if there was a war then? What if there wasn't, you know? Um, so I yeah. that's sort of the premise I'm working with on that. And the specs are, I just thought, well, what, what kind of technology could be what we do, but more? And mm-hmm. I thought, well, if we saw everything in augmented reality, that would be, that would be sort of a more kind of like in Pokemon Go, but in your glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a huge steampunk nerd as well. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I really uh, appreciated those elements that come in. And, and yeah, it kind of struck me the, the what if there was a war then? Because that's something that you don't see in, in stories that play with multiverse theory. I think it's a lot of like, a moment that we have in history and then something different happened, which you do that as well. But there are some spaces where you throw in like, well, what if there was just a war that we just never happened for us? And I think that that's something that, um, yeah, that you don't see as often is just throwing something at a, at a version of our world, just completely out of left field. Well, I'm glad you like that. Oh yeah. I am having fun with it, at least. I hope it comes out in the writing. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I deal with a lot of serious stuff on Blood That Binds as well, but uh, I always want to keep that element of entertainment and enjoyment uh, within that, because otherwise it's just like the most depressing story ever written. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it is. I wouldn't want to be in, in uh, you know, well, I wouldn't want to be in either char- either major character's place. Um, but, uh, you know, being dependent on or, or being dependent on someone like that. Um, it's a wonderful symbolism for a, you know, codependent relationship. Um, but the, but I do, I do love the characters. Uh, not, not, certainly not all of them. I don't like Dolan. <laughs> But you're not, I guess I'm not supposed to. But he's still kind of funny, the things he says and the way he says them. The whole waiting to, to, to feed and, and going, 
you can tell how anxious he is so you know he's he's waiting for you know can can we can we uh can we get on with it uh your problems are great but i have to see and <laughs> he's really it for for a depressing uh obnoxious uh character he's kind of funny at times you know some of the things he just does you, you can't believe he did them but uh uh, but so it's, it's funny from an outsider point of view, but terrible if you're from um, uh, from Maeve's point of view. Yeah, um, and I thank thank you for that. Um, I I I enjoy writing Dolan's character. Um, I would not like him if he was a person in my real life. Um, but I, I like him as a character, you know, contained in his little story where he can't actually hurt anyone in the real world. Um, but yeah, there's some of that comes from, you know, I pull from my own experience for a lot of my my stuff. And the truth is, if you're going back, if you're looking back in therapy or, or just on your own or whatever, and digging through some of these like traumatic moments or unhealthy relationships, you realize sometimes like, oh, this person was completely ridiculous, like in a way that, you know, sometimes if you have that separation and you're looking back on it, you can find comical. Um, so I think there's a similar degree of separation for listeners uh, to Dolan. And that's something that I want to bring out is that like someone who's abusive, like isn't necessarily all brooding and serious all the time. Um, although Dolan certainly sees himself that way, uh, not as abusive. He's, he's intentionally oblivious to that, but he does see yeah, himself that, as, really <laughs> yeah, he, he does see himself as like, I'm just this tragic hero and I, everything is so bad for me. It's like, dude, shut the hell up. Yeah. And manipulating people without any kind of consent is uh, is horrific. But you know, just the, his it's kind of gobsmacking to see him do it without any kind of thought. You know, he walks into a store, tells the owner that he's going to work there now and take take his his. Uh, I don't. I guess they're spoiling. But you know, he, uh, you know, it's just some people. Some of us would like to be able to do that kind of. But in the in in reality, if you did, it would just be you know be horrible. You know, horrifying. You know that you would abuse that kind of power and and take away somebody's agency that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, he's he's kind of all id. He just does what he 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 feels he needs to do. Right. And I think some of that like comes from the element element that he's, you know, I mean, he's not human and that's something that's discussed. And um, I think in his mind, he has this sort of like, well, I'm Faye and I can do it. So I'm going to. Um, right. And, you know, and then it's like, well, but it's still it's still highly unethical what you're doing, controlling and manipulating people. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like we're talking about my characters a lot um, without spoiling, just just um, as this is going to be kind of simul released. If you want to talk about uh, a couple of your main characters a little bit in Multiverse Blues, I want to make sure we don't miss that for them as well. I was going to say something that uh, something that's complete, not completely unrelated, but uh, for my other writing, mm -hmm. I have a series called The Tipsy Fairy Tales and they, there are fae in that that I, I take a different take on and I'm not going to go into it too deeply but I'll say that Faye are, are pretty deeply narcissistic in my world mm -hmm. as well so <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a common theme <laughs> yes yeah, so even the ones that seem to mean well have have their own interests at heart as well so mm -hmm. um anyway um 
as far as the multiverse blues goes, I, I um, as you say, there, you take as an author, you take bits of your own life uh, and use them, you know, your, your own experience. Not necessarily every particular people are you or or your any particular people you know, but they often being, you know, sort of amalgams or composites of people you've met or uh, um, sometimes people come whole cloth from nowhere. And mm -hmm. and I'll say Jules kind of was 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 a combination of people I know, I suppose, in that uh, they are a, um, a non-binary person who mm -hmm who has ambiguous sexuality, um, I just think queer and, uh, um, and kind of leave it at that. And, but, but Jules is, is, you know, J Jules is a, a theater kid in his, in their own right. I just misgendered my own character, um, <laughs> uh, in, in their own right. And, uh, is, ha has done a lot of theater work and has, uh, um, um, and is doing is currently working as a, as a stage crew in a in a traveling uh, band and uh, um, a rather odd traveling band. But um, <laughs> all the same, the theater stuff that that comes out in that is from my own experience in stage crew in high school. So, for instance, uh, I was just just following on what you were saying about taking bits mm -hmm. from your own experience. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as the other characters, I don't know where they come from. They just, I just felt like there needed to be a character like that um, here and there. Um, Hope in particular, I've had the idea of the, uh, of, of writing this. Originally, uh, Multiverse Blues was going to be sort of a space roadie show, a space roadie story. And I, had, I couldn't make the story work no matter how I sat down and write, wrote it until I decided it was multidimensional rather than uh, space. Because otherwise I'd be rewriting uh, space opera by by Cat Valente, uh, <laughs> uh, which which bugged me because I'd had the idea before I read space opera, and then once I read space opera, I thought I should have written this, <laughs> or, or you know, it's probably you hate that? I wish I had, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really um, first of all I love that Jules has this really ambiguous relationship to sexuality and there's some moments where you go was was that a sexual moment and and i think what's beautiful is i think jules has the same thought um, at least that's my my perception is jules is like are we is this a thing right now i'm i don't know you know <laughs> um which is is something that's definitely relatable um it's and it's it's such a uh like zany group of characters but somehow they fit together so cohesively um and i i really admire that i think that um hope is maybe this is my own like personality that i'm projecting onto this but there's so many moments with hope where sh where they're so um seems so very well-meaning and benevolent, which immediately for my personality makes me go, okay, what is up with this being? <laughs> um, but I think, I think that's just my own nature of being distrustful. Um, and I don't want to make you give anything away. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely moments where it's like, wow, hope is just so kind and caring and, you know, in a way has this like 
maternal adjacent relationship to to some of her crew and and band members uh-huh. and i'm sorry i i may have missed am i gendering hope correctly well, hope is a she okay i, I think i think that uh, i believe that jules is well jules and jules analogs are the only uh they's are in, in and, and really it's i didn't misgender jules because jules is fine with any any um pronouns with respect i just have been sticking to uh, either avoiding pronouns or using um, using they them for mm-hmm. them just for the audience's sake so they don't get right. a fixed idea. Um, as, but hope, yeah, hope is um, hope is alien. Hope is not human. Hope is uh, uh, well, she's descended from dolphins, effectively from a way wow. al- way alternate universe, um, and uh, she has very different motivations based on what I know of dolphin society Mm -hmm. and uh um and and there's some things i'm not revealing about hope Mm -hmm. and some things i'm not going to tell you about jewels but you were kind of hitting the head and hitting the hitting the nail on the head uh for about jewels uh especially sexuality that i haven't revealed about about them so um that that's coming later so okay well i won't push you to, to give it away, especially, <laughs> especially as my listeners, hopefully, um, you know, finish listening to this and run over to, to enjoy some of multiverse clues for themselves. I don't want to spoil anything for them. That's fine. Um, so we actually, we've been talking and doing some good stuff, but we have like actual, we prepared guys, we, uh, and gals and, and gender others. Um, yeah, we, we have questions for ourselves and each other that we actually wrote down. <laughs> you almost think we know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the illusion I want to portray anyway. <laughs> um, so just kind of going through the list here, um, what made you, and I'll let you, I'll ask you and I'll let you start. Um, what made you want to do the podcast Alien Beer? So, I, I, it was just one of these things. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to freely admit that I'm, I copied a friend's idea. I have a, <laughs> I have a friend named Katina French, who is uh, uh, another independent author like myself. Who we, we were both kind of fans of each other's work. It's kind of a weird thing. I, we, we, we came about it in an odd way several years ago. And uh, she writes a lot of, of um, twisted fairy tale sort of stories. And in particular, she wrote a bunch of steampunk ones that I got into. Um, uh, and then she had a, she had a whole science fiction series, but she started doing a podcast and uh, where, where she read um, stories that she created every week. And uh, it was too ambitious for me to do, to create something every single week and, and broadcast it, but she was trying that. And um I'll get in. I I don't need to get into all the details, but it was it was sort of a goal of hers. And hearing her do it, I thought, well, I could do that. And I've got, I've already got uh, fiction I could use to to read, and then I could also use it as an opportunity to write new things. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to do a serial for a really long time. So I started by reading my short stories from a book called Alien Beer, and other stories, and. Uh, for a few years and a lot of the stories in there were published elsewhere originally. Um, and when I got a few of them made and felt proud of them, I, I started writing the multiverse blues to supplement it every other week to do something new and creative and, uh, and kind of fulfill that desire to do a serial 
so for anyone that maybe doesn't know, I am not published um, outside of hobbies include writing. In fact, I'm really, really bad at finishing writing projects. And part of that is just uh, taking the time to work on them while having a full-time job and that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is that by the time I hit about the, the halfway point, um, I have a bad habit of getting distracted by wanting to write a different story. And then by the time I come back to the original one, I look at it and I go, oh, this is terrible. I don't agree with anything that this is saying. It's going in the trash. Uh, <laughs> so for me, hobbies include writing was kind of a way to force myself to finish something because now I'm obligated to an audience. Uh, so I have to, I have to keep writing Blood That Binds. And then, you know, uh, eventually my idea is that when Blood That Binds is done, I will start writing something else and releasing it. Um, which part of that has to do with why I branded it as hobbies include writing rather than just branding it as blood that binds because I have no intention of making blood that binds go on for eternity. Um, but even 400 years, <laughs> <laughs> right? 400 years. I, I try to like hammer that home a lot. Um, I think that that's a lot of comes from Dolan where he's like 400 years. It's like, we know, we get it. That's literally <laughs> what, what all the vampires in, 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 uh, on TV do too. I mean, Angel mentions how old he is, how many times to Buffy? Oh so. my God. A million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in, in true blood that comes through a lot. Like I'm so old. It's like, we get it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, and I have been kind of in a place now where I, I switched careers a couple times within the past couple years and I'm no longer in a place where I have a creative outlet really at work. So hobbies include writing is kind of my way of pushing forth. Okay. This is my creative outlet and I'm actually going to finish a story for once <laughs> rather than just writing it and then abandoning it. Um, so I know that feeling. I'm in IT. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So, and then, well, you kind of, kind of worked through like, uh, why you chose the format for me, you know, obviously I'm not going to write pre finish a story and then release, um, the, the full thing chapter by chapter. I have to have the work in progress because that's the whole point of my motivation. Um, but what, what prompted you to get started now, or, you know, we, we both started kind of within a couple months of each other. Um, so what made you finally pull the trigger on that? Oh, I, I like, it's still pretty much because, uh, my friend Kat had, had, uh, started her podcast and I thought, well, this is what I need to do. I need to, cause I'd been like you, I'd been kind of in the creative doldrums for a while. And hearing her do that made me think, you know, it would be neat to branch out into another medium to tell my stories because I'm I am published on paper and books and stuff like that. But 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 a, a podcast is a completely different medium, and a, a audio is a completely different medium. And I I guess I guess that also was part of the why now because I've had a, a, a couple of my books or several of my books released on uh, as audio books by you know actual professional. Uh, <laughs> uh, voiceover people mm -hmm. um, uh, rather than just me 
uh, editing out my stutters. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I, I wanted to do some of it myself to to see what it was like and to um, also, you know, I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts, or I was listening to a bunch of podcasts back when I commuted in the before times. Um, and uh, I thought that's a different sort of thing than just sitting down and reading a book. It's a little more personal and it's more... Um, I don't know, it's more fit into your day, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I thought if I wrote, if I released uh, recordings of myself reading my stories, people could listen to this if they're exercising or on their way to work or, or wherever, uh, listening to things fits into their schedule. And mm -hmm. and that would be a good vehicle for something like a, a serial. And, yeah, and don't, I... don't, don't get me wrong, you're talking about doing your, uh, um, doing, um, your interactive chapters as you go. Uh, Multiverse Blues is not written very far ahead of its release. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the whole thing written out, and nor do I have a complete plan of where it's going. Uh, so uh, this is how I let write a lot of things. It's just that in, in within a serial, you can't go back and rewrite the beginning to, to fit an ending that you uh, come up with eventually. <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah. One of the one of the things I do before I record every chapter is go through and go. Okay, every little decision making detail you better be happy with because you can't change it now. That is canon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It makes me a little nervous. You know, where just writing by the seat of the pants, just like ah, I'll fix it later. Well. Um, you can't. Uh, you can't. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's like I, uh, all the people criticize TV series. Like, didn't Buffy say she went to this college? But in in this other episode, she said she uh, she was in the military. You know, I mean, Buffy's a terrible right. example. But, you know, right. I mean, Buffy is a serial though, and in everything, every decision they make in every episode, in theory, is canon. And right. uh, you know, that's why you get these contradictions and things that uh, in some series, uh, and you have to be consistent. It's really hard. So uh, I, I was a little nervous starting this project because of that. Absolutely. And I, I kind of went in anticipating some of that, but it feels very different doing it than you think you would. And I'm glad that I'm not the only one that doesn't ha doesn't know where this story is going. I have right now, as far as like actual big events that will lead to eventually the end of Blood That Binds, I have probably anywhere between three and six possibilities floating around in my head. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm even that far. I do have some big events that I might do. Uh, it's sort of as a, you know, the, you know, the concept of being a, a, a pantser versus a planner, don't mm -hmm. you? Well, this is by necessity a uh, pantsing. Uh, I think, I mean, I mm -hmm. guess if we planned ahead, you could follow the plan, but the problem with that is when I make a plan, it usually turns out the characters have other ideas. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll get there and go, uh, this character would never do that. There's no way this scene is going to take place uh, because they've developed enough in the time that I've written them that, that they, uh, their character, you know, they just wouldn't do whatever happened or whatever I had planned just wouldn't be fit what had already happened. Um, so I have to alter it. And, and when I do, I kind of alter the future plan, you know, sort of come up with a new, uh, extremely loose outline. So yeah. um, I, I, I have some ideas of what square it's going to go, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not all going to happen. 
Yeah, and I think that that kind of works because we're releasing in this serialized format. I think at least I've found that works in reverse as well. And this is something that um, another good serialized, if you're looking for another fiction podcast, and I'm not plugging them for any other reason except that I think they're good, um, is uh, the Penumbra podcast. And this is something that they've talked about, is that looking back on some of the characters, there are there are moments that they go, oh, actually, now that I know this character better, that character would never do that. Um, but it's too late. Can't uh -huh. change it. Uh, so that's something that I've noticed, too, is that sometimes it can make you look back and go, ooh, why did I write that? <laughs> Yeah, I usually try and chalk it up as characters change. You know, they're not static mm -hmm. beings anyway. So, right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been meaning to listen to the Penumbra podcast I, I, for long, way longer than I've had any idea of doing a podcast myself. Uh, I, I used to listen to the the Thrilling Adventure Hour, and I somebody else recommended Penumbra as a sort of spiritual successor to the the that show, and I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah, it's it's really it's really excellent. I enjoyed a lot. I wish that I had their team and resources uh, as far as like creating creating an actual. And this is something that listeners have asked me is like, oh, would you ever get voice actors and you know do sound effects and that sort of things? Like, well, if I had the money and resources, you know, <laughs> um, right yeah. now, and I've put pictures of my studio up on different social media when I was putting it together, but it, it's literally blankets from Goodwill uh, hanging in a tiny room in my shed <laughs> to try and uh, soundproof it. So I'm definitely not working with uh, the some of the amazing things that that I hear other podcasters are able to do, but I may get there someday. You're further along than me in general. I just have a, there's a, a third bedroom in my house that has been an office for the whole time we've been here. And uh, I shut both doors to the office and I've got some bits of, of foam, uh, egg crate style foam. It's not actually egg crates. Uh, I should have clarified that the first time. Uh, and uh, uh, just to keep some of the echo down. And, uh, you know, but I mean, if the laundry is going downstairs to below me and the dryer buzzes it'll be in the background <laughs> if uh, uh if i've got jeans in the dryer i just can't record <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm 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 very impressed by your audio quality uh, i struggle with echo in here for sure uh but I would have done it in my house, but I, I test recorded in literally every room of my house and we have a, a beautiful open floor plan um which is great, but not for recording. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why I had to move to to our little outbuilding here. Um, we I have bookcases and a sofa in my office, so that muffles some of it, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the characters just a little bit ago, and um, I, I want to have a discussion a little bit about the, wow, that sounded way more serious than I meant it to be. I want to have a discussion. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, called the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you're getting detention. No. Um, the, the talk about the experience of writing the characters that we choose to write. Um, and as, our listeners individually know, um, you know, 
we both write really diverse characters and, and we write a variety of queer characters and we talked about you know some of the some of that with Jules a little bit earlier um but I want to talk about like your experience and then I'll kind of chime in with mine but of writing characters that share that you maybe share identity labels with which you know that can be a very mer mercurial thing anyway but those that you share identities with versus those that have a variety of identities that you maybe don't experience and and you know for me i try to be really intentional about doing that in a uh representative manner and in a respectful manner but but what has been what has that been like for you? So with Jules, Jules is somewhat like me and somewhat not like me I, I, in that I, you know, I, I'm I a transgender woman. I'll, I'll come out with that. Um, I'm pretty sure you knew that already. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Jules is not. Jules is, is, uh, is non-binary. Now, mm -hmm. before I transitioned though, I did, I walked a fine line as best I could to try and cope. I, I was trying to live in that sort of androgynous middle that Jules just does naturally. And I was just sort of pushing limits to wherever I was most comfortable and not, um, not standing out too much where Jules just doesn't care. Uh, they just live their life and don't, you know, don't let anybody tell them how to do it. Uh, um, so I guess in a way, Jules is an idealized version of that, of, of that sort of compromise I used to make where it's not a compromise for Jules. It's just, they, they just feel that gender doesn't apply to them. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, they're a human first and don't have a, a particular gender, but they'll, they'll have, you know, moods, different days that they'll want to, you know, present more feminine or more, somewhat more masculine, although not very masculine, but, um, I have not, I've not at any time said in the, in the story, whether, um, Jules was assigned male, female, or intersex at birth. So we don't, uh, the reader shouldn't really know, maybe because the author doesn't know. No, the author knows, <laughs> but the author isn't staying. <laughs> I, have a, I have almost the same experience with Soul, who's uh, non-binary in Blood That Binds. And I... Um, Soul's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, Soul's... I, so I have like almost Tumblr-esque character descriptions in a Google Docs file. <laughs> um, and, and the one for Soul is small, like small, S-M-O-L. Um, yeah. Small angry pretzel is, is the description <laughs> Because they are... They, 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 they seem like they, they're, they're made of candy to me in a way because they're always eating a gummy worm or, or uh, you know, having uh, candy colors in their hair. They're... they're sort of a stereotype of non-binary, but also very, uh, very vividly themselves. I mean, very vividly themselves. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some, there's some descriptive stuff that I want to get in more into more with soul. And there's some um, sort of evolution that without giving too much away, there's some evolution that they are going through as far as sort of aggressively claiming their non-binary identity, um, in a way that is stereotypical. Um, and I think that that's something that, that, a, that a lot of us go through as queer people is that when we find mm. the label that fits, then we, we think that it's another box that we have to climb into. Um, right. I literally have a trans flag in my office that can be seen on, on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, I get the box thing, and and I've wrestled with that for a really long time because I yeah. didn't fit the stereotypical box and mm-hmm. uh, of a trans person. So um, I and you end up having to claim it on your own after you realize where the box doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. But but Jules is past that. I think is sort of like almost a future yeah. version of Soul. Um, still has the blue hair, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, you know can easily wear like sweater and leggings and not really care what you know their what statement they're making at that time. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think Soul is a little earlier um, earlier on in that journey where they are kind of like okay, and and I need to describe their clothing more because in my head. Um, soul is very comfortable in like, like button ups and sweater vests, but then like paired with cargo pants and, and, and sometimes sneakers and sometimes boots. Um, but then (laughs) the most obnoxious, colorful, uh, neon glitter makeup and then the neon hair. (laughs) Um, I I think I know somebody likes soul. soul. (laughs) Yeah, but they, uh, you know, and and as far as the pretzelness, no, they have some other, they have some um, neurodivergence as well, which is a topic that I'm being even more careful with, um, and and I'm not really going to go into until I feel I've done sufficient research uh, to oh, represent it possibly properly. I, I, you're going to have to forgive me. I've forgotten the character's name. There's a a guy in that circle who is. Who who seems to me like uh, Jack Black as a Hobbit, and I, I just can't remember his name. Um, That's gnome. Yeah. <laughs> that gnome, is a yeah. delightful description of him. <laughs> and and uh, uh, why did I come upon that? Uh, it was something you said. Um, was it the? Oh, oh. oh shoot! Something you said about soul. The um, neurodivergence. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that maybe. Um, Maybe maybe that character was also um, neurodivergent because of the way, um, just the way they talk, the way they kind of blurt out things that they're thinking. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just yeah. Like, I I, I haven't. Um, be, you know, I'll put tactical. it this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 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 put it this way um that may be something that i haven't discovered about that character yet <laughs> um yeah gnome is gnome is really interesting as well um yeah he just but but anyway i i had a point that i want to get back. <laughs> oh sure sure I'm yeah sorry. no that's okay um i i think i took myself down a rabbit trail there um, but uh you know when i'm when i'm writing so I'm a bisexual, queer, cis woman with a really long, complicated relationship to pronouns that I'm still figuring out that I won't get into here. Um, But so Maeve obviously um, is, uh, Maeve is bisexual and, and that's something that I'm able to be like, okay, I know what at least one experience of being bisexual is. And so I can represent that with pretty good confidence. Um, Dolan, when I've posted, you know, Dolan doesn't really talk about his sexuality. I think just because being fey, he comes from a culture that just didn't have those types of conversations in the same way that we do, um, at, at least in my universe. Um, 
but he would identify as whatever sexual if anyone asked him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, ah, whatever, you know, floats my boat at, at the moment. Uh, I, I wondered about him a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah, especially, so. it, yeah, it gets into it more with him and, and a scene later on. Um, but yeah, I, I have to continually do my research about you know, okay, I've made the de these decisions that these characters identify in this way, but there are such an infinite number of ways to fall under those identities and constantly challenging myself and constantly, you know, consuming other stories, a lot of times uh, nonfiction stories by queer people about their experiences in order to get a more fleshed out idea of you know, what are, okay, here's a bunch of different ways to be this, which one of those is this character, um, you know, or some sort of combination or somewhere on that scale and that, that full color spectrum, you know, in what way is soul non-binary? And like I said, that's something that soul is still figuring out. Um, and then uh, Sia, which this isn't, maybe apparent yet in the story but it's not a spoiler it's something that has been uh i i've said it other times um there was a better way to say that but whatever okay. uh, <laughs> but uh sia is a trans woman but is a trans uh -huh. woman that is a lot farther along in her journey with her gender than soul is and a lot farther along in her journey with her sexuality than Maeve is. And part of that comes from the way she was raised. Um, and that's a whole thing that I won't get into right now, but, but, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to experience being queer. And, and for me, oh, at yeah. least I'm constantly, uh, second guessing myself, I think in probably a productive way about, okay, Am I writing this character, you know, as a good representation of the diversity that exists, or am I writing a stereotype? Well, when I said that soul felt a little like a stereotype, I still feel like I don't mean it. In a, I don't mean it in a negative mm -mm. way, in that mm -hmm. they're a caricature. I meant that they are. They have. They're kind of the kind of the. I don't know. They're so representative that, that it's, it sounds like they're trying to to prove to prove something, mm -hmm. and they, they kind of, like you said, they kind of are. Uh, they're still figuring it out, um, mm -hmm. but the the um, you know the 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 way a stereotype could be negative is is you're you're not treading on that ground as far as I can tell at least with the ones that are, that are, that are, that that I'm familiar with I guess um, <laughs> uh, I mean other than of course this, this the terrible vampire tropes and things like that um, that you're playing with on purpose. Um, Soul though I've been watching carefully just because I. I because of jewels and because of people I know. And uh, I have some very dear non-binary friends who you wouldn't necessarily know are non-binary and other ones that, that, that if, if you didn't get it from the blue hair, you, they, they would come up and tell you, hey, did you know that I'm... <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they really, really want you to know. And I think soul's more of that ca category. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Yeah, <laughs> and I think for soul a little bit, some of that is like, like a self-defense mechanism because they do have uh, halophobia. They do have a really negative experience with skin on skin contact. And so, oh. uh, 
Yeah. And that's, you may not be there yet. Sorry. <laughs> I forget that you're still catching up. Um, but yes, I, I missed it or forgotten. Um, but, um, yeah. So, uh, so I also might've mistaken it for something else. Uh, I thought maybe soul was ace. Um, I don't think that soul is in a place where they're thinking about their sexuality a lot right now. Um, and part of that comes from the fact of, you know, they, they don't, they can't, they are completely overwhelmed by and sometimes feel physical pain at skin on skin contact oh, with other my. people. Um, so like sexuality is, is just going to be a such an interesting conversation under those circumstances. And I do want to get there eventually. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what you do with that. Yeah. And, and for, but for now, soul is like, I'm dealing with my, my non-binaryness and I'm dealing with all these other things in my life. And that's just not a priority at the moment <laughs> um, is probably how they would express it. I like, I really want to say that I like the, the, the group of friends you have for Maeve. They, they seem like a cozy bunch of people that I'd like to hang out with, you know, <laughs> they're, they're uh, um, they're each their own person and they seem to accept each other um, overall and they, uh, um, they feel comfortable around each other. So I, I, I just would, I like the, the moments that Maeve spends with, uh, with them and, and uh, um, kind of wish for, a, a, I mean, especially in the, in, during um, the pandemic, I wish I had that kind of a group to hang out with in person, my own groups of, you know, we haven't seen each other in months. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. yeah, I I am um, yeah I I feel that as well. Most of my very close friends are friends that I knew in college or in high school, and so they live um, upwards of eight hundred miles away from me anyway. So I think I'm a little mm. more used to that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe there is a little bit of me putting that longing into how close knit that group of characters is. So I think that that hopes crew might be a similar mm -hmm. reaction to the mm -hmm. situation. Although I started writing that before the actual lockdown, not much, maybe it was a right about the same time, right about that time, I guess. Mm -hmm. the, the alien beer started off in, in February um, and it was, I don't know what the fourth episode, the fourth, I think I had the, I had three or four episodes out before I put a multiverse blues in there. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd, I'd have to go look, but it's somewhere in there. I, I don't think I could have gotten, gotten all that lonesome by the time I started it though is the point so I think um, that there's I mean putting it in that lens and thinking of it that way though I think that there is a little bit of an evolution um and, and it plays very well because it's almost like Jules seeing how cozy they are because Jules is more comfortable in the environment slowly over time um but yeah there's definitely a you see over time, oh, this this group that is very zany and seems like it's all over the place is is incredibly, incredibly close and also a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I wasn't sure how they all came off. I I I uh, I, I, I had um, one particular character, the um, Marcy Davenport, uh, who's the sort of the manager of the band. I had her as sort of a seeming like a distant figure at first uh, Jules would think of mm -hmm. of her as as Ms. Davenport and uh and then later on starts gradually using her first name and uh Jules doesn't do that with anybody else it's just just mm -hmm. Marcy Davenport but uh it, it's sort of a I was supposed to show how 
how Jules is gradually getting used to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that definitely comes across. You, we have, uh, you, oh, you wanted to also know about characters with identities you don't experience. And uh, uh, I've got a few identities, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but, you know, we already mentioned the, the descended from dolphins character, uh, Hope. So she's very different. So I, I suppose that's not one that I can actually go out and research. I have to make that one up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try and think of what what I know about dolphins and what I what what I can I've read about their culture as 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 uh, mammals and uh, you know I, I didn't know if if uh, for instance whether dolphins were uh, monogamous uh, they're not mm-hmm. um, uh, they they kind of more act as a pod you know as a as a mm-hmm. as a little village so um, but it was it was a little you know I haven't written too many actual aliens so it's I've been trying to make her seem alien but not but still likable because she mm-hmm. in the original version uh the main character of the space roadie was going to be head over heels in love with this this very alien um pop star and uh i think i've made hope a lot more approachable and and uh like you said mo- almost motherly than i ever intended uh, she just kind of she that's just the way she, she's developed um and, but she's definitely the leader of the group, and and uh, um, I, I don't know, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but mm-hmm. it is difficult to write her over all the other characters uh, because she's so different, and I, and I don't want her to fall into any two human tropes that that would make her, you know, less alien. Yeah, uh, and I think you, you have that with um, with uh, Dolan. Um, Dolan at least has hung out in human society for more than. A few years. <laughs> uh, 400, he would tell you. Oh, yeah, 400, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so he knows a few things, even if he still forgets them uh, or ignores those things. Um, Hope, Hope is still, you know, assimilating after 10 years of, of living with, with humans in different dimensions, but humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting how um, maybe that's what I was reacting to in the story as I was hearing it, that you know, hope is so like warm and comforting and and cares for her little family so well. Um, But then everything feel, everything with her feels like just like a step to the left, uh, (laughs) if that makes sense. And just like your, your assumption, because you're thinking, even though you know that it's an alien, you're just thinking sentient human because uh, that's the default point of reference that we have as people. Um, so you expect her to be here, and then she's like, just over there, just not not too far, not where you can't recognize or access it, but just where you kind of cock your head at it and go, huh? Um, in a really delightful way. I try and remind the reader that, that she isn't human just by throwing in a little physical description, mm-hmm. like she like she touched me with her mitten-like uh, hand or flipper like hand or or she 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 lowered her muzzle in sadness or something like that mm-hmm. um just to just to let you know this is not you know a, a person with a wrinkly forehead uh <laughs> like in star <laughs> trek this is this is an alien this is somebody who's you descended from different different stock than we are so. right for sure. and she's she's funny about it too she's very standoffish about being an alien um she doesn't want to talk about it most of the time so yeah 
why I write weird, queer content, um, I actually, that wasn't my intention really when I started writing Blood That Binds. Um, and in fact, I'm not out to everyone in my life. Um, and I don't plan on having a coming out moment with anyone outside of the people that I've already done that with. Um, and I have my own personal reasons for that. But I had a lot of hesitation of, you know, this is going to be public. I'm, I'm doing this under my real name. Uh, my, my family could listen if they wanted to. And I knew that not everyone is going to react great to queer content. And I wasn't sure, you know, what my character's identities were. This is, this is very early on in writing blood that binds, but eventually I, I was asking the question of, you know, well, what if I wrote queer characters? And then I'm not exactly sure what led to it, just a lot of, of inner contemplation. But I hit a point where like my viewpoint shifted. And instead of asking the question, what if I wrote queer characters? I asked myself the question, what if I didn't write a single straight cis character? And it was like my brain exploded. And I was like, is this how straight cis writers think? Like, just what if I just wrote all people in my community and that's who I was representing? Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's basically how my thought process has gone. But I grew up without a lot of queer characters in anything I was consuming. You know, you might see something on TV, but it was a lot more likely, and I'm going to use Grey's Anatomy as the example, because I was watching Grey's Anatomy when I was young and in high school and whatnot, and then picked it back up when I was older and got a lot farther along with it. But in Greatest Anatomy, there's this amazing ca character, Callie, who I identify with so strongly because she's kind of a, a, a bigger, like more bigger bone, more muscular, like tough chick. Um, uh -huh. And she sleeps with both men and women. And she goes through her own journey and questioning with that. And she does have like coming out moments and that sort of thing. But they did not use the word bisexual until like four seasons <laughs> after she first was shown to sleep with both men and women. And that right. pisses me off to no end. Oh, really? I kind of think it feels like it normalizes it in that this is just what she does. <laughs> well, the reason that it pisses me off personally is because part of my why it took me so long to figure out my identity is because i didn't have a word for it and when when they first used it you know and this is just you know like two years ago when i was watching that and they actually used it and then i realized that they hadn't used it and like this is a show that i was watching when i was in high school at a time that i was struggling with this and like I knew that the word bisexual existed, but I didn't have any kind of representation, any example in front of me of what that meant. And I'm like, if they had used the word, my whole story would have been different. And so, 
And I think that it's also important to have stories where, you know, maybe the words aren't used, but it's very apparent, but it's apparent in a way of, um, how do you, how do you say this? But just that we, like you said, it's normalized, right? It, it's not that the word isn't being used because it's taboo. The word isn't being used because it's unnecessary. But I don't feel like that's what they were doing there. Um, and so, sorry, that was an angry rant. Um, but, no. but, but long story short, I write queer characters and I write queer content because I know that there are still people out there and my my default is to say young, but it could be any age. People out there that just don't have an example of what different ways of being queer actually is and maybe lost in their own identity because they can't they can't pin it down. They can't look at it and point at it and say, "This is what you are. This is what I am um I, and and so yeah, that that's why I write it because representation is important. Um, I guess I could have just said that instead of I've, ranting. I've, I've got to react to many of these things, but I'll try and keep <laughs> it short. Um, first of all, I think it's just beautiful that you want to write a, a story in which none of the characters are all of the you know cis straight um, you know characters we expect in 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 most media. Um, and part of that is because that's. You know, well, on a rant either, but um, um, that's what we see. And that's, you know, when we don't see ourselves representation, that's why representation is so important. If you don't see yourself in media, you wonder whether you're the only one. I wondered that. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'm going to out myself age-wise and say I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And uh, um, there just weren't, you know, other than, uh, jokey representations of trans people. Um, th there were only a couple of things I can point to that were actually about, um, you know, it was a very special episode of the, the Jeffersons that had an actual trans woman, although they would have said transsexual back then. But, um, um, and they, they represented her really well. Um, and I, it was, it was a huge thing for me at the time because I had no, but, and, you know, I didn't have a name for what I, what I, you didn't have a label that I could, you know, sort of say that's me. For a long time either um and that's one of the reasons why, when i started writing I, I kind of hid the you know kind of kept a lot of the the queer themes i had and trans themes uh gender things playing with gender on down the down low to try and try because i was i felt i was writing to to cis straight people mostly mm -hmm. and then later on i realized i don't see people like me in the things that i consume so i want to create some things with me with people like me and people like those around me and them that are, are underrepresented, underrepresented so that we can see, you know, not just for the cis straight, pe straight people to understand us better, but so that we can see ourselves in media. Um, 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 I could go on a long time about that, but I won't. Um, but you, you, you said, but what you said has changed how I look, how I'm looking at uh, the multiverse blues. I've been writing it with Jules not saying what their identity is very much. I had to go, while you were talking, I pulled up the, the Word document of the Multiverse Blues and searched for non-binary. And, and I actually do have um, Jules come out and say non-binary at some point. Um, but I've been keeping their sexuality a secret. I've been keeping um, a lot of things a secret. And I, I feel 
maybe it might be better to have those things come out more in the story for the reason you just mentioned. You know, I, I thought I was normalizing it by and being clever by by keeping it um, just this is just what Jules is like, you know, and but for people reading it who might identify with that, I think maybe I will throw in some, some, uh, um, I mean, labels don't stick very well to, to Jules, but having some, some frame of reference that for people who might identify with them, you know, oh. I'll have to give that some thought because I, I think that's more, that's important. And half the reason I write queer content is because I'm very privileged for a queer person. I have a job that explicitly uh, protects m my status, uh, it even even down to gender identity. Um, I have a, you know, I may live in a red state, but I have a, a, a county that, this county and city that, that have municipal protections for trans people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, you know, I have a job. I have a steady job. I've had the same job since 2001. Um, there are a lot of reasons that I have privilege as a as a as a as a type of minority, so I want to use that privilege to to have um, to speak out and give a voice to to folks like me, so that I can be a positive ambassador to their sort of cis straight world, and also as a as a focal point for people to um, I don't know. Um, to see that they're not alone, mm -hmm. and and it it, it gets you know, I've actually been terribly lucky in that I haven't had a lot of uh, negative stuff directed at me, um, but I could have being out there as a as a a queer author, um, I, I could have had reviews um, blasting me for the the content that I have in there. I just haven't. Um, maybe I just haven't gotten on the wrong radar yet, but. Um, since I am privileged, I put, I'm putting myself out there for, for that purpose. So yeah. I think, I think that that's really beautiful. I mean, I think that, um, what, when we're part of a minority, sometimes we get caught into the trap of like the oh poor me Olympics. Um, so I think it's, it's, I think it's, uh, incredibly self-aware of you to recognize your privilege and, and to, try and use it in that way. So Chrissy, thank you so much for talking with me on this. Uh, I, I hope that the listeners enjoyed it. Again, this is being simul-released on both of our podcasts one day after the other. But if you're listening to it on Hobbies Include Writing, I really, really encourage you to search the Alien Beer podcast. I'll put the the link in the description and head over there and give it a listen because it's really good stuff. Thank you, Mariah. It's been really great talking to you, quote unquote, in person like this uh, <laughs> and uh, comparing notes and I had a lot of fun talking with you. And I, I have been enjoying your your uh, your podcast despite my my squeamishness. And it, it, it turns out the story is more powerful than the, <laughs> than my squeamishness. So I do recommend my my listeners to go check out hobbies include writing, uh, especially if you like anything vampire related and want to see it see a very different twist on it. Uh, I, I think it uh, you'll you'll really enjoy the blood that binds. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format 
on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at ECGarrison on Twitter, ECrisGarrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ECG at SillyHatBooks.com. The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network.